podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Jones! Bowden! He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! Stokes flashes it away through the covers for four and England have won the match! Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket with Simon Mann in Ahmedabad and me, Simon Hughes, in Delhi. This podcast is brought to you in association with IG Trading and Investments. More from them later. The titanic tussle of the two great rivals, India and Pakistan, was a bit of a damp squib, Simon, wasn't it? Well, not, I mean, titanic struggles, anything but. It was like a little tugboat going out into the sea, really. I mean, it was, it was so one-sided. Once... India got rid of Barbara Zama at one stage Pakistan you think you know they might get 300 they're 155 for two seemingly going pretty well and then it all just fell apart an absolutely dramatic collapse the sort of collapse I've seen England have here in India before and today it was, it was Pakistan's turn uh, you know and 191 you know wasn't going to trouble anybody probably wouldn't have troubled any team in the tournament actually and you know, certainly not going to trouble India the tournament hosts and favourites. And the pitch, I, I suppose, again, slightly played into India's hands. But I think that it's, and, and you know, we've, well, certainly I've been receiving a bit of criticism for being biased against some of these Indian pitches when they're sort of prepared for India. But actually, they're so well-equipped, India, that they could probably adapt to any pitch. And they just play, they just play better cricket, don't they? I mean, they're their clinical nature with the ball. It's interesting, wasn't it, actually, that, I mean, it's a true team effort with the ball, wasn't it? Because every bowler took two wickets, and they all took wickets, really, when just when a partnership was being established, or in the case of Barbara Zam and Mohammad Rizwan, that was the key partnership, and uh, Siraj broke it. And th- after that, just chip away, don't they? But they all play their part. Well, this is my point. I think I made it at the start of the tournament that India have more bases covered than any other team in this competition with ball and with bat. I think, you know, that, you just look, and today exemplified that. You know, there are five bowlers all taking uh, two wickets. Shardul Taka was the only bowler who didn't uh, pick up a, a wicket, two overs, and they're working for 12, but everyone else contributed. And they're all a bit different as well. They all add something to this. Indian attack and Pakistan just unable to resist it today it's great to have well they have three quality spinners they only needed two of them today and they have you know options with in pace as well Bumrah's magnificent of course we know that Siraj is at you and then you've got Pandya who I think is he's one of those underrated bowlers he can go around the park a bit but he can also pick up a couple of quick wickets and, and you know propel you forward as a, a bowling side so they, they've got so much uh, covered it's going to take a very good team to resist this Indian side in my book in this competition yeah it, it's um it's such a lovely combination those spinners actually uh, of uh, Ravi Jadeja with his firing it in but his first ball turned and then as soon as that's a nightmare facing him because as soon as you see one turn from him you then don't know how to play him Steve Smith, amongst others, has really struggled because he just makes the odd ball turn and then you don't know how to line him up. And he bowls those darts very quick. He gets through his overs so fast. And then you've got Kuldeep Yadav, who's also, I think, increased his speed a bit because he was getting a, a bit a bit of tap. He was getting a bit of hammer, say, three or four years ago. The last World Cup, he was pretty ineffective. Uh, but he's obviously just increased his speed a touch. And that's helped. That's helped his confidence. I mean, a wrist spin is so difficult. And if you can 
Well, I mean, the key to wrist spin in a funny sort of way is bowl a good enough first over that you get a second. And, and then obviously after that you can kind of build on it and often his first over would go for a few runs and then obviously lost confidence, got taken off and it's hard to come back on. Whereas now he's bowling a good first over, taking wickets. I love the way he got that wicket bowled round his pads, uh, the, the batsman trying to sweep him and getting bowled round his legs. I mean that was a beautiful bit of bowling, that was Iftikar wasn't it? And it was a classic sort of almost yep. Shane Warne delivery the pickpocket delivery, beautifully bold. So those two, you know, dovetailing well. And I have to say, as you said, you know, Jasper Rumra is an amazing bowler. We, I've been talking to some of the, uh, the the players, I mean, the England players, actually, uh, about the difficulty of facing him because he, a bit like Jimmy Anderson, he looks like he's angling the ball in, but somehow he manages to move it away to the right-handers. And it, it's so difficult to line him up again. And today, the skill to bowl that beautiful slower cutter to bowl Mohamed Rizwan through the gate and then produces an absolute peach to get out. Was it Shadab Khan, clean bowled? I mean, just the most Shad- beautiful yeah. ball. Pitched on about, off stump, just slightly left him, trimmed the bales, flicked the top of the bale and unplayable, you know, fantastic. So those, I think, you know, Mohamed Siraj, if, if there is a weak link, he could be it because he can get he can get a bit of tap, but he got key wickets today as well. and made the, 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 the run chase for, for India plain sailing but my goodness it was it was it was a treat just from afar watching Rohit Sharma bat it must have been an absolute pleasure close up well it was, it was fantastic actually because there's always a danger isn't there when a team gets 191 you've got all those overs to get them in that you just saunter to victory but actually what Rohit Sharma did was he, he laid down a marker then he, he took it on inside the power play India's sometimes been a bit passive inside the power play but not today and, and Rohit went from it went for it right from the start and he was also aided by Shubman Gill who rattled off four boundaries hit his first ball in the World Cup for four sliced the backward point he was out Cody played his shots as well three quick boundaries you know there were a lot of balls going to the boundary off the bat of bats of you know Indian top order players you know they weren't passive sometimes in the past you know they might have looked at that power play and said oh if we can get to about 47 48 for no wicket you know we'll have a nice base from which to attack the 192 we need to win but actually they went on it really hard and they utterly demoralized Pakistan in the power play it was 79 for two after 10 overs there's actually no doubt who's going to win the game I don't think many people had much doubt about who's going to win the game you know at the halfway stage but India just yeah they just absolutely dismissed Pakistan uh, from their presence today and that's eight wins in eight World Cup matches you know Pakistan just they, they just cannot you know find a formula uh, to beat India in, in World Cups actually their overall record against India in one day internationals is better it now, it now stands at India 57 Pakistan 73 but you know in the last perhaps 20 years and certainly in World Cups not, not a chance against uh, this, this Indian side no, amazing, amazing to see a, a total mismatch, really. Uh, and I, I mean, I thought the sort of signature shot, but Rohit Sharma hit the first ball from Shahidi, just picked him up, nonchalantly flicked him over square leg for four. I mean, that, that happens to a bowler, you know, it just it's hard to come back from that. And then Harris Ralph, who I suppose was their last resort, really, you know, second ball, he flays him back, back into the into the pavilion for six straight over the side screen oh it's just it's so demoralizing for a bowler when that happens and he makes it look so easy so uh, you know an absolutely devastating performance by india just reducing pakistan to just you know 
also rounds really and uh, it, 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 there is a danger that they're going to do that with every team well hopefully South Africa and, and maybe England can can make them work a bit harder for their victories what do we think then uh, was the key moment um, this is a segment brought to you by IG the moments that matter and I suppose the moment that mattered today Pakistan made a pretty good start uh, there was the opening pair looked look pretty comfortable and then the, the usual performers the engine room of Barbara Zam and Mohammed Rizwan put together a decent partnership and it looked I mean I on social media I was sort of people were going oh you know Pakistan are looking strong here that and I said well I think they're going to need 320 to challenge India because the pitch is probably going to get a bit easier as the game wears on with the dew and so on. And then the innings just disintegrated. Yeah, I think you can look at, you can perhaps talk about two sort of game changing moments or sort of sequences. I think one, it's easy to look at Barbara Zam's dismissal because that, you know, that takes out Pakistan's best player. 155 for three. Siraj, I was getting. You know, onto his off stump. It was a bit of a lazy shot from Babar Azam, actually. But you know, it wasn't a great shot. He was looking to run it away and into the offside. Uh, you know, suddenly India had a, a bit of hope. The crowd was up. It was quite quiet until then, despite the fact that you know the crowd it looked like a, over a hundred thousand here today. But in a way, I think perhaps the, what really nailed it down for Pakistan was Kuldeep Yadav's two quick wickets straight after. I mean, I think it's great having a left arm wrist spinner. You know. It, it, players find it hard to read him and he got two quick wickets Saad Shaquille LBW on review and actually just seeing it first up after you know after it was turned down by umpire Erasmus he thought actually that's a really good shot that's how that looks absolutely plumb why was it not given out uh, first up and then it was overturned so he got Saad Shaquille and then that dismissal of of Iftikhar down the leg side and it's, well, it's difficult to tell you thought it spun back behind his pads did you I thought he might have played it on as he as he went for the sweep shot he almost dragged it onto his stumps and 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 then suddenly so there was suddenly 166 for five and there was I don't think there was any way back uh, from there because they weren't getting the 300 320 that you're talking about that that Pakistan needed to challenge this Indian side so I think that was the you know you can look at Barber's wicket as the way as the wicket that opened the door uh, for, for India, but those two quick wickets by Kaldeep, who's you know he's got a bag of tricks. I think that just absolutely confirmed the the sort of huge screeching turning point. You know, the, you put the brakes on on the juggernaut and turn it right round, send it back down the road the other way. That was that was the the sequence that really did that. So this segment, as I said, was brought to you by IG. And if you like to make more of opportunities to invest yourself, IG gives you access to thousands of global shares and ETFs, as well as a range of educational guides and daily market analysis. Go to ig.com investments to find out more. And remember, after investing, your capital is at risk. So just to finish with, uh, the, the, with Ahmedabad, Simon, what about the atmosphere? You know, it's the game that everybody wanted to see, the India-Pakistan in the biggest stadium in the world. Could you hear yourself think? Well, uh, there was one stage when all those wickets were going down when, it, it, honestly, it was really difficult to hear yourself talking on commentary. And I think, hold on, we're going to have to find some way of, of turning the effects down here. But, uh, you know, it was impossible. The noise was uh, phenomenal. I went outside and st sort of stood in the crowd for a bit just to sort of get a sense of the atmosphere because you can be a little bit cut off in a, a commentary box, as you well know. And it was just the, the noise, the atmosphere, the dancing, the chanting. 
I've, ne I've never seen anything like it, never heard anything like it at a cricket match. I mean, this would be a, it would be a vast crowd if you just had one tier on this ground. But, you know, there's the big, huge uh, second tier as well vast crowd I haven't heard the official figure where I'm talking to you you know 20 minutes after the end of the game haven't heard the, the official figure it must have been the biggest attendance ever at a cricket match I mean there were a few empty seats for one reason or another not quite sure why sometimes you know people are drifting around aren't they and socializing or in sponsors boxes or whatever the, the official figure of the IPL final here was 101,566 I'm sure there were more people here today I mean there weren't you know there, there were some spare seats but there weren't like 20,000 spare seats in this ground so uh, ph phenomenal day the only thing I would say I mean they'll all most of them you know will go home happy because India have won convincingly but the game was a bit of an anti-climax and we still haven't had you know a, a, a tight finish in this World Cup we were hoping perhaps today would, would provide it but Pakistan just not good enough just not good enough to challenge India in their backyard in front of this vast and intimidating crowd. I just wonder who is going to be good enough, Yoz, uh, to, to, to stop India. My own thought about it is, and I think it's something I thought at the start of the tournament, that India would qualify comfortably through the group stage. Of course, they've got still matches to play, and they might not qualify. It's hard to see them not qualify. But, but to me, the difficult game for them might be a semi-final. You know, that well, after coming through the group stage unscathed, potentially, a semi-final match, you know, when it's, when it's all or nothing. And that might be where they're most vulnerable if you can catch them on a bad nervous day but to me they seem to feed off the the pressure of being the home team they love it they're used to it the IPL it teaches them how to cope with it all I heard some uh, funny stories today about the, the hotel prices being racked up in Ahmedabad to something like you know sort of a thousand pounds a night in the room and, and also quite an imaginative story about um, certain hospitals making their beds available for, for people who wanted to go to the game because all the, the hotels were sold out. So hospitals actually made their beds available. And I thought that would be a rather good idea because you could have a, a medical checkup while you were uh, sleeping the night before going to the game. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. I, I have heard that story, yeah. I heard Jonathan Agnew mentioned it on air. I don't know how true it is. I mean, you get, a lot of these stories are beaten up a bit, aren't they? That you know, there, there are no rooms in in Ahmedabad, and we we were going to stay a, a house in the centre of Ahmedabad because there were no hotel rooms. You know, we we we'd hired a, an Airbnb, but as it turned out, you know, some rooms uh, became available. So, you know, albeit in a sort of fairly low gradeish hotel, but you know. I don't know whether these things are exaggerated. You know, people can, can find places to stay, can't they? And they've always got friends. There's always someone willing to hire a room out somewhere or other. But, yeah, a good imagination if you get, spend a night in a hospital to, to see a, a cricket match. I also think uh, there should be, uh, amongst all the graphics shown on TV of, of the you know, different aspects of the game, I think there should be a graphic of which Indian player has the most ads uh, is featured in the most ads because each sort of mid-over mid break, end-of-over break features three or four. They try and cram in as many ads as they can. Quite often it's four adverts on telly uh, before the next over starts. Obviously difficult if somebody like Jadage is bowling, but uh, at the end of the seamers over, they try and get three or four ads in. Uh, so far, I would say, actually, Sonny Gavaskar's in quite a few. Dhoni, of course, is in quite a few. Kohli's in a few. I think probably those are the three three leaders uh, but I'm going to top them up 
so that uh, we figure out which, which player actually is coining it the most from the TV ad. So well played India, an immense performance, an immense team. They are, as Simon Mann said, going to take some beating. And after the break, we're going to consider how England are going to go in their match against Afghanistan in Delhi on Sunday. Right, so I'm in Delhi and I'm actually watching the England players uh, playing football uh, on the outfield. Well, they're actually not playing football, they're playing sort of head ball because football is now banned after all the injuries that various players have sustained. So they're playing this game of keepy up in a big circle. Uh, I'm glad to say uh, that Ben Stokes is part of the group and looks uh, pretty fit. He's moving well. Uh, he's not the best footballer, actually, but uh, at least he's having a go. Uh, I've watched him in the nets for quite a bit of time. He was absolutely smashing it. So I think the chances of Stokes playing tomorrow are pretty high. England haven't announced their team yet. I did ask Harry Brook if he knew, and he said he didn't. And I don't know if he was lying or not, but I think he was being genuine. Uh, he was um, uh, playing golf today with Joe Root, actually. But... Uh, I, I chatted to him a little bit at the Nets and he just said, Stokes is looking pretty good, isn't he? So I think he would be uh, perfectly happy to, to give up his place to Ben Stokes. And I sort of think that Stokes needs to play in this game because he hasn't played so far and England's critical game against South Africa comes up next Saturday. So I think he probably needs a bit of game time before before that match. Yeah? Well, yeah, definitely. And if there's a a pitch on which to, to make your World Cup debut uh, this time round is that surface at Delhi. I mean, I was there uh, earlier in the week for the India-Afghanistan match, and goodness me, it, it's flat. It, re it really is. It's good for batting. I, I think the other night, Afghanistan, to, you know, to prevent India winning, would have needed to score something like 420, something like that. I think India could have chased that down. It would have been sort of close to world record uh, territory because it, it was so flat and they could, just couldn't hold... Uh, India's strong batting lineup, and India, you know, had problems, you know, limiting Afghanistan. You know, Afghanistan made 272, and then yeah, they they've got some decent batting. They're not the strongest, but it, it just and we saw the South Africa game against Sri Lanka in Delhi as well. So if it's a similar pitch, it's a it's a perfect surface on which for, for Ben Stokes to make his debut in this season's World Cup, and it, you know, it'd be a, it would be a, obviously a bonus for England if he were fit as well. I think, I think there's no doubt about that. You know, they want you know, a few sides are, are holding on to injured players, aren't they? Australia with Travis Head, you know, they're hoping to bring him in the middle of the tournament. But if they're not careful, they might be out by then, uh, Australia. And then now Kane Williamson's got an injury, hasn't he? And they're, they're going to hold him for, for you know two or three weeks in the squad as well. They've called up Tom Blundell, but they're going to you know, Williamson might not play to the back end of the tournament. So you know, it's, it, I think it's important that uh, you know Ben Stokes joins in pretty quickly now. Chris Wokes was also looking okay. He had a bit of a bout of uh, illness yesterday, but he trained today. He looked pretty good in the nets. I actually I watched David Milan bat in the nets, and I was chatting to a couple of the England players. How would you get him out? Nobody had any idea. I mean, he just looks so good, doesn't he? In the nets, he hardly got in even a thick edge. He hit everything off the middle, and he just looks so confident. It's 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 great to see him batting so well. So I suppose England tomorrow. Uh, well, I guess they probably they might keep the same team. I, I didn't get a sense that Atkinson was going to play. Uh, I, I reckon that Willie might play. 
maybe instead of Mark Wood, just to give Mark Wood a rest. But it, it, the chances are it's going to be the same team apart from Stokes for uh, for for Harry Brook. That would be my uh, sort of guess. Well, I, I, you know, it's not a, a pitch for spinners. Moen Alley uh, will go a long way, I reckon, on this pitch. With it's the lowest spinning pitch or the least spinning pitch of any of the uh, pitches in this uh, tournament. Uh, it's got the, the least amount of spin. So uh, Rashid Adil Rashid is going to have his work cut out, and I, I can't see them picking Moen Alley. They'll probably play play pace, and I guess Afghanistan, you know, don't fancy it short. So. There'll probably be a, a bit of that. Don, uh, Don, I say Don Topley, of course, it's Reese Topley. Don's his dad. Don's been very uh, uh, conspicuous out here following his, his son everywhere, great supporter of the team. So I, I guess England you know, will expect to win. There is a bit of dew on the outfield here. Uh, it's now 20 to 9 in India, and uh, it, it, I did sort of put my hand on the outfield. So definitely dew and batting second is likely to be the way to go. I've had a, quite an interesting day. I've, I've ridden a cycle rickshaw. Uh, I've had a round of golf and played quite badly. And I've been in the, the famous Delhi market, uh, the, the, the big market in Old Delhi, which is absolutely fascinating. Um, bought a few spices, but I know that we've got all those in England, but you sort of can't resist the, the smells of, the, of that spice area with all these fresh spices on show just makes you want to buy them so I hope they don't burst in my suitcase and shower all my um, clothes with cumin and um, turmeric in fact turmeric's the one you don't want to get on, on your clothes isn't it I mean that that's no no chemical on earth is made to remove turmeric from from clothes I don't know if you've had any experience of that no I tell you what I'm interested in now you got on, how did you get on on this rickshaw and how did that come about very difficult to say. I mean, I'm, I'm going to post a, a video of me attempting to ride this this rickshaw on on Twitter and also on my uh, Instagram feed, Cricket Atlas One. And uh, I just sort of I was walking around the Red Fort, the outside of the Red Fort, which is so enormous. Actually, it's I, it's too tiring to walk around the whole thing inside. So I just walked around a bit of the outside, and there was a couple of cycle rickshaws standing around with, with their their, um, their operators with nothing to do. So I said, "Can I ride one?" And he said, sure, you give me 50 rupees, you can ride it uh, however you like. <laughs> so I rode it up the road and I nearly, I couldn't control it because um, the, the wheels are very big and the pedals and the saddle is very low and the pedals are very close to the saddle. So I couldn't get any momentum up and the, the wheel was so big that it kind of made me wiggle around madly and I nearly went straight into the moat of the Red Fort. I only managed to kind of regain my balance just in time. So. I could have been plummeting down into the moat in the Red Fort, which apparently used to have crocodiles in it, but not anymore. <laughs> Goodness me, Yozza's mishaps. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm not the man to ride a cycle rickshaw, that's for sure. Uh, bad, bad enough on two feet, really. What about you? What have you been doing? Have you got any, anything to report from Ahmedabad? Uh, well, it's a... It's a uh, it's fair to say it's a bustling city. Um, I think the one thing I noticed wandering around uh, yesterday, just near the hotel, um, it's all 
the huge vegetable store, but you can actually pay on your credit card now. That, I mean, that's something that's really changed, isn't it? You know, think about you know just paying yeah. with cash. E- you know, even the vegetable store holders, you think they're probably probably just using cash and small amounts of it. No, you can stick your credit card down and, and buy your two bananas and an orange. That's a, that's a really good point, and and actually, um, the, the I, I've learned from research that the the thing that's transformed India most in the last 10 years has been the advent of the smartphone. And I don't know if you know this, and I, maybe many listeners won't, won't realise this, but in about 2014, um, the company Reliance Geo, which is owned by Mukesh Ambani, the richest man in India who owns them by Indians, he decided, or one of his uh, people decided, to completely slash the prices of data, the price of 3G and 4G for phones. And that has absolutely transformed India because it's gone from a, a place you and I both know when we first came here, no one had a phone, even in their village. You know, it was one landline per village sort of thing and nobody had a phone in their home and all that. And it was a very unconnected country. And, you know, you just, it was all word of mouth and little pieces of paper exchanging messages and stuff like that. But now everybody's got a smartphone and because the cost of data is the cheapest in the world, Everyone's on 4G, exchanging messages, watching. I mean, I was watching the game on a smartphone in my taxi driver's uh, car earlier. Uh, and, and just in the, the ability to exchange data, messages, and obviously money uh, online, digitally, has transformed this country. And so, you know, and I think that encapsulates your story that even a vegetable salesman or woman can, can get their little device out and charge your card that's absolutely fantastic and it saves a lot of time and hassle with 10 rupee notes which crumple up and get ripped and uh, are worthless anyway yeah we were watching the south africa australia game on on someone on the smartphone of the person who was helping us get to our hotel the other evening as well you know just watching and watching australia uh, subside and it has a, a bit of a downside i was going down to breakfast in the lift this morning and uh, i got into a lift and there were two people a man and a woman who had their their conversations sort of open on the phone and so going down what five or six floors listening to the conversation they were having with the person at the other end blaring out in the lift and you know they didn't put it to their ear they just continued but I mean to be fair that's not a, a, a thing that's unique to uh, being in India it also happens uh, in the UK as well you know you can be on a bus where you're listening to someone's conversation I heard actually uh, I think Ali Mitchell's uh, told a story going to Edgbaston uh, this year for the first Ashes Test match where she was actually listening to someone's teams meeting so you actually heard a company's teams meeting going on as well you know blaring out not not with headphones in but so so everybody could hear it so it's not unique to India but you're right the, the mobile phone is ubiquitous and we had another one of those uh, light shows uh, in, in one sort of boring episode of the game tonight I think during a drinks break actually when India was strolling to victory where everyone gets their mobile phone out and you can it's like the stars at night and everyone was swaying to the left and to the right so yeah it is a it, it is a, a much needed accessory well, one thing that hasn't changed about India is the mosquitoes. I'm sitting outside in, in Delhi <laughs> at 8 o'clock, 8.30 at night, and being bitten to pieces. So I'm going to call it quits now and, and head off. Uh, this episode, by the way, was brought to you in association with IG Trading and Investments. If you're thinking about investing in stocks and shares with IG, please remember your capital is at risk. The value of investments can go up or down, and you could get back less than you invest. 
Simon, thanks for your contribution tonight. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow to uh, review England's performance against Afghanistan, this time tomorrow night. And I just want to remind you again about my little videos that I'm posting on my Instagram feed, Cricket Analyst One, and on Twitter as well, just to give you a little flavour of behind the scenes in India. We're both enjoying it anyway, and, well, we've got to find a way of beating India. Someone's got to find a way. Hopefully they will. Or hopefully at least someone will find a way of competing with India and giving us a good game. Thanks for listening, and we'll speak to you tomorrow. Podcast Network.